first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. is the DNVR Buffs podcast, and we are talking tonight about what just happened at uh, at the uh, football game in, in Eugene, Oregon, when the Ducks beat the Buffs, what, I don't even know, 48-3, I think? I eventually, you just get to the point of 45-3, you know, happens. Uh yeah, seriously, I got to the point in that game where I didn't even follow the score. You know, I like I remember looking up and seeing thirty eight and being like, "Oh, huh." Um, I don't really know what my role is here right now. I don't know what I'm trying to do. I don't know if I'm trying to talk you guys off the ledge or try to break down this game or I don't know convince you you should be on a ledge because that is a take that you could have Eh, I don't know that's kind of a stretch so uh for those of you who don't know I threw out a tweet earlier I called it the vent thread where you guys could all just send all of your vents about the game or the season or whatever whatever other vents you could have and and I would read some of them on the podcast. And so I think that that's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of let that lead the discussion. But first I should say a couple of my own thoughts that aren't just reactions to yours, the things that I really don't want to miss. Um, the first is that this game does not change my faith in Mel Tucker one bit. Uh, not even a little bit do I, do I think like, oh, is he the guy? It honestly, I just I just got back to my hotel room. It's been obviously a long day. It's like midnight right now, twelve oh two actually Oregon time, so one oh two your time, probably. I don't know where you are. I I haven't checked. Maybe thirty countries. But uh, I got back here. I like got myself a big glass of water, and as I was like pouring the water, I was thinking like, huh, some other coaches, you know, even Vic Fangio with the Broncos at this point at this type of low when you have your worst loss in who knows how long you know when this happens you would say this this has to change like you you cannot bring this guy back even for another game um the, for uh, for other guys you'd say you probably get rid of him at the end of the season for others you're thinking like huh I wonder maybe is this but with Mel Tucker there is no doubt in my mind that he still is I mean, not even just the man to lead this program, but somebody who will be special beyond that if he chooses to be. You know, maybe maybe CU can afford to keep him after this contract. It's crazy that this is where this is going. But again, four years from now, sure, we might look back and say, wow, that was a really frustrating, sad night. I still have faith that Mel Tucker is turning this thing around for a whole lot of reasons. Most of them you can probably guess. He handled the post-game press conference really well. Um, gave some insights. He wasn't short. He wasn't snappy. Even questions that kind of questioned his decision-making. Uh, he, he said, you know, I'm not in the business in second-guessing. I don't think that helps as a coach. But I understand that from a media perspective, from a fan perspective, that you guys, you guys think that way because it makes sense to think that way to see whether... The things should be different, and obviously we lost. The things we did didn't work, so you're probably right. Thing we should have tried something different, 
But for him, that's not something that he really thinks about. He thinks about what are the best odds in this situation, and let's go with it. Um, very insightful press conference. We talked about not being able to convert in the red zone, and he said, you know, you want to be able to get up there and run the ball, but things become a lot faster in the red zone, which I think is an interesting con- uh, comment, something that we could probably dig deeply into and read deeply into if we wanted to, considering the knocks on Steven Montez, which are that he isn't as much of a cerebral player as he is a very physically skilled, physically gifted player. That means that when he has more time, more time to get through his reads, it makes sense when those are sped up, that it would it would make things more difficult is one read that we're going to make. You know, Mel, I thought was very insightful. I mean, he wasn't happy. He wasn't complacent with it. He was upset. He talked about, um, actually, Brian Howell, I think, may have been the only other Boulder media, Denver media, Colorado media person there. I could totally be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But uh, Brian asked uh, what... Have, or when's the last time you were part of a game on the wrong end of a game that was like this one? And Mel thought for a second, um, again, because that's what he does. He wasn't short. He wasn't snappy. He he did what he always did. He was, well, he, he was decisive in everything he said, and he thought, and he said, when we played Ole Miss uh, my first year at Georgia, and he talked about how, you know, it hurt. Got got their butts handed to him, I think is what he said. I don't know. He might have said asses. I'm not sure. But uh, then the next year, they, the, the, the Bulldogs were in the national championship. You know, and this is one game. Things didn't go their way. It, for me, it was interesting to see how different people handled it because Mel was the only one who had the formal press conference. Everybody else we kind of just talked to on their way to the buses um, the, the like sports information people did a great job, like grabbing them, obviously, and uh, have, having them stop and chat. But, you know, it's interesting to see the vibe of the team. You know, Steven was upset. It was pretty obvious that Steven was frustrated. He, he still talked to us. He, he was a little shorter in his answers. He wasn't quite as talkative. He wasn't quite as fun and goofy. But for a quarterback, for a leader, I think that that's it it makes sense. I don't think that there's like a right way or wrong way to do things, but that's definitely one of the paths that a quarterback could take that can be successful. Uh, he was frustrated. He talked about how, um, you know, a couple things didn't break their way. Things kind of spiraled from there. Um, yeah, I, I it, it was interesting. Talked to Dion Smith and, and a guy who's usually pretty talkative, usually pretty chatty and, he was also a little on the shorter end. The same thing with KD Nixon. You know, he said he didn't think that he held the guy on that run because I asked him about about it. He didn't just bring that up on his own. But he he mentioned that. Uh, he mentioned how he, he says, it, like, he loves seeing LaVisca out there. He loves that LaVisca is able to play, but he doesn't feel like it really changes his game all that much. Uh, which is interesting. I would have expected to hear that he pulls some of those defenders over. It opens things up. Um, and so we got a little bit of insight into KD, but he really wasn't as talkative as he usually is, which is honestly disappointing because he does have some good insights and he has a fun mind, I guess. It's fun to hear from him. Um, Nate Landman, you know, also a little short. Mikhail Onu was talking quite a bit. I, I, I bet all of his answers, I haven't gone back through, but he, he may have just been asked like three questions, four questions and answered them in two minutes a piece. He had a lot to say. He said he needs to be a better leader. Um, he, he mentioned the communication again. He said it's easy to communicate when things aren't going well, which is interesting. And he means on-field communication for that situation. But he, he says that when you're out there and things are breaking down that's when everybody talks that's that's when everybody realizes like we need to figure something out but when things are going well is when it's easy to slow down think you're we are playing well so let's just keep playing well and that's when the communication kind of starts to dip you get just a little bit complacent and he said he is a leader needs to be somebody who 
can communicate more somebody who forces that to happen and you know it's 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 interesting hearing from all those guys it's, it's not a surprise at all that that's where Mikhail takes it obviously we've talked about communication with him a few times and I've told you all about it but he he is that type of introspective person who realizes that type of thing and thinks about that type of thing and thinks about how he can do that better and that's just who he is and he's he sees it as a problem and he's uh you know he's he he's he's a smart guy and he's going to use his brain to fix it instead of his emotions to fix it um yeah and that's kind of the vibe it, it wasn't too much there wasn't like yelling or screaming which is what you expect from a Mel Tucker team you'd expect them to be more of that laid back that you know disappointed but not losing your mind about it just learning from it moving on you know like Steven Montez said a couple times you know after the 24-hour rule we aren't thinking about Oregon ever again so and, and that's that's where the team is at they're, they're disappointed Steven was disappointed he thought that they they had a real chance of winning that game he thought they could go in there and do it and they didn't even get a chance to and and it's their own fault they made those mistakes you know they had a couple bad breaks in there for sure but at the end of the day you're down 24-3 at halftime you don't really get much of a chance in the second half or late in the game to win the game like you want to you just want to keep playing in that fourth quarter and they were forced to just go out there and sit in the mess that they made and that's tough to do and that can tear you apart emotionally um It'll be interesting to see how they respond is is the the answer here. You know, will they actually use this as a reason to put the time in or is everybody just going to sit there and be miserable? Because I could tell you that every person on that team, all the coaches were feeling pretty miserable for the last hour at least that they had to stand on that football field. Um, and it's not easy to pull yourself up from that. And none of them really admitted that and I pushed a little bit I, I pushed to see you know is it tougher to come back from a loss that is you know 45 to 3 a 42 point loss you know we, we were talking before about that line being set at 21 and saying wow that's a lot of points like you you, you gotta take Colorado with that many points and 42 is twice as many points so I don't know what the word is for how many how, how poorly they played but you know it's 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 got to be tougher to come back from this type of loss than from a close loss when you know that you're in a game know that you could have won the game you know Arizona stung because because it, it was a game you should have won that should be in the win column they should be four and two and they aren't though and that's the way football works but this one makes you feel like a bad football team. And I don't know where you go from feeling like a bad football team. You know? It, it's, it, it's so much of what Mel Tucker wants to do is based on belief. Feeling like you are good enough to hang with anybody. Feeling like Mel himself is almost this magician who can keep you in games, can win games that you know his message was we have the talent to win right now and that's been his message since day one to see things go this poorly it's tough to keep that belief it's easy for that doubt to creep in and it's kind of like it did last year it lost to Oregon State that's not a good feeling and it spiraled I don't think Mel will let it spiral but you know, this is where they are, and it's up to them to decide how they will respond. So, I think that those are most of my thoughts. Um, Do we want to get into some specifics? Um, I don't think so. Steven Montez didn't look good. Uh, threw more interceptions in a game than he'd ever thrown in his career. Um... Now that I said that, I feel like I need to start singling out other guys because everybody on this football team made mistakes. That's how you get to 45-3. to three. 
let's not go down that road. Let's really not. Um, I'm going to tell you about a, about a sponsor. <laughs> since, since I'm like set up to talk about five days worth of podcast sponsors, I get to pick my own. Oh, I'm supposed to do Breckenridge Brewery for sure, though. Uh, so let's talk about Breckenridge Brewery. So I could use a Breckenridge beer right now. I'll tell you that. And if I knew anything about where I am, whether there's a grocery store within a few blocks, whether there's a McDonald's, or a, I, I have no clue what is going on anywhere around me here in Oregon, and that's just fine with me. I just call an Uber and they get me where I need to go. Oh, so that's why I don't have a Breckenridge beer. Oh, I do have the beer locator, and I bet I can figure it out, but this this hasn't been my best plug for Breckenridge. I'm not going to lie. Um, Breckenridge Brewery, I'm not sure that I've ever had a beer when I'm sad, but I bet that a strawberry sky would make me feel better in any given situation. That's what I'm, I can say about Breckenridge Brewery for sure. Next time I'm sad, I think I'm going to have to try it and... If any of you were drinking any Breckenridge beers, specifically that Strawberry Sky, though, that's the one that I feel like would actually make me feel better. Um, let me know if it worked. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. That's 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 Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, definitely try them, though. Like, I kind of joke, but it is really good beer, and I should say that uh, because they're great to us, and we want to help them out, too, and... I know that people are drinking a lot of them. Oh, Sunday. I I haven't said this yet. Sunday, the Broncos tailgate, as always, outside the stadium. I'm not going to the game, but I'm going to be out there at the tailgate for a few hours just hanging out. If anybody's in Denver and wants to go hang out, I don't know. I might go to Blake Street Tavern after to actually watch the game. Haven't thought that far ahead, but if anybody wants to come vent about the buffs in person or just talk about the Broncos because honestly that's almost less sad at this point after 45-3 I think by Sunday things will have turned around a little bit but come hang out it's lot N on the north end if you have any questions send me an email or what a weird first choice yeah, sure henry at the dnvr.com h-e-n-r-y send me an email and I can let you know where to go if my directions weren't clear or like Twitter or in the comments. You guys know how to get me. It's 2019. Um, okay. So those are a couple plugs for you. I think that... Ah, new Instagram follower. We should talk about these comments. Um, okay. I've got 35 of them. I'm just going to start at the top. Oh, Ryan Konigsberg. Not sure if you've heard of this guy. Doesn't really know what he's talking about, though. Uh, he said turnover bounces had to go against us eventually, but oh, turnover bounces had to go against us eventually, but this has been crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean the interception that Steven Montez threw to Lavisca Chenault, probably pass interference, um, bounces up in the air, they catch it. Uh, the interception that he throws to Brady Russell, uh, tipped in the end zone, like bounces up in the air, called incomplete. Turns out he dragged his toe a little bit while he was bobbling, like, grabbed it. Um, the other interception that he threw to Brady, you know, lots lots of bad bounces. I mean, can you imagine the, the, the snap over Justin Herbert's head on, like, the third play of the game that rolled back and it, they lost 19 yards? If, if for some reason he wasn't able to fall on that and the Buffs got it, all of a sudden they score... Seven, score to go up 7-0 I mean we don't want to play the what if game too much but you know it does remind me this isn't this is not a team that is 42 points worse than Oregon it might be a team that is 21 points worse than Oregon but it is not a team that's 42 points worse than Oregon there are bad breaks they stop trying um yeah it, this this stuff happens. You just hope that it happens less under Mel Tucker. Um, let's move on to J-Rod, uh, who says, I wore the wrong shirt in the first half. I'm sorry. <sighs> Probably should have saved that one for the end when we're trying to actually get past this and have some fun. 
like the joke, like the take. Um, I, I, I think that that's all I need to say. Uh, Jose Enrique says Tyler or Blake next year. Honestly, odds are neither. Um, I didn't get to see Tyler play. That was like that last drive, and I just started going down with Brian to the press conference. Um, I guess I could look through the stats and tell you how he did. I'd guess that they were just running the ball. Did he even throw a pass? Look at me, the bus reporter, asking these questions. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. He was sacked, though. Oh, that's right. I did see the sack. Um, You know, maybe. We really don't get to see anything because they're closed practices. I don't have real takes on either of them. Like, I can tell you they didn't look good in the uh, open practice uh, this fall, but I would guess that if if they don't go with a grad transfer, which which would be my primary expectation, what a weird way to say that. Um, but that would be that would be my best guess is that they bring somebody in from somewhere else, you know, grad transfer, uh, some backup from a bigger school. I don't know, something like that. And if not, then I bet they go with Brendan Lewis, the freshman. Um, not because he's necessarily going to be better than the other two, but I think he might be pretty close to that level again you have to see it play out either one of those two could take strides I don't even know who they I guess Tyler must be the number two if he got in you never know I mean if if I'm one one of those two I'm working hard because that job is there but my guess would be they sign Brendan Lewis get him all locked up go after the transfer market see if they can bring in somebody else um and then that's your one, two, and all of a sudden Tyler and Blake are a ways down. You never know, though. Like either one of them could be tearing up practice behind the behind the gates, and we wouldn't know anything about it. I, that's my take, at least. Oh, Luis Rodriguez, oh, love him. Um, a few feet away from seventeen ten, but when things snowball, they really snowball. Yeah, no, we were. I was talking with it or about it with Brian up in the press box. Um, when they when they got the ball on that last drive of the first half, not the kneel down drive, but the last real drive of the first half, and, and I think he said it. He said, you know, if if they score a touchdown here, it's seventeen ten, and they get the ball after half. And I was thinking the same thing, and I said that, and you know, that's that's where our brains were. It's like there, there's an not an easy pass. This is a really good. In path, not pass. There was an easy path, but this is a really good defense that makes it tough. But there was there was definitely a way that this could have gone differently. And all of a sudden, uh, seven points taken off the board when they can't convert from the goal line. Seven points put on the board for Oregon when they get down the field in a minute, and that's a that's a fourteen point swing. Those are tough to come back from against good teams. Um, also, during the Mel's press conference, one of my favorite things that he talked about, and something I had never heard before, was I, th- I think he called they call it the Power Ten, uh, something like that. But I'll go back through and figure out exactly what he called it. But it's the five minutes before halftime and the five minutes after halftime. He said that a lot of the time, the team that wins those little periods are the teams that win the game that, that that has a strong influence on what happens closing out the first half coming out the second half uh, I don't know what the numbers are I, I know that they weren't good tonight um, but yeah I don't know thought that that was interesting um we're not gonna have time to go through all of these but I also don't have time to read them and skip over them um, I wish I could just sort by which ones had the most likes I'll just run through and grab some with a lot of likes. Um, Bradley, at Brad Pate Johnson, says, The fact the coaches won't play another quarterback tells me everything we need to know for next year. Either a grad transfer is coming in or a true freshman is starting. I promise I didn't actually read that and say, like, oh, you're agreeing with me. Uh, good take. I do think that that is a good take, though. Um, Matt Cisneros, just start throwing it to Visca like 15 times a game. Eight of them will be DPI. Yeah, how about that? LaVisca looked good coming back. Uh, he said he feels good. He said he shut it down a little bit early just because he uh, he like 
tweaked something a little bit. Didn't sound serious, but you know, it's it's just what happens when you're coming back from the injuries. He, I, he, I, he didn't say tweak. Tweak is my word. He said something was just a little sore. And that makes sense because he hasn't played football for a while. And he gets hit when he plays football. Um, he was, I don't know. I like that guy uh, is what I'm trying to say. He's fun to talk to. Um, yeah. The 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 pass interference on LaVisca, though, what are his numbers? Did he get to, like, 70 yards or something? Uh, yeah, four catches, 70 yards, long of 24. That's the crazy part, the long of 24, because that means that he's pretty consistently getting those big gains. I think he was, like, 15, 15, 24, and he must have caught something a little bit shorter. I don't remember the other one. But, um, yeah, so he gets those 70 yards, and he also draws a couple pass interferences. Should have drawn the one in the end zone. Um, was surprised they didn't go to him at the goal line. I think we have some complaints about the goal line. But I have some takes there. I might as well get them out and I can just skip those if we get to them. But, you know, they get down there. You want to just pound the ball in. They got a little cute with it. You have LaVisca in single coverage. I want to see you go at, at LaVisca anytime he has single coverage. I think if if you have one rule on offense, you know, I don't even know what in, another example of a rule would be, but if, if something like you have four blockers in an area where there are two defenders, you run the ball every time because that's just such a massive numbers advantage. The, the same way you have a rule like that, I would have a rule that LaVisca's in single coverage, you go at him every time because that's half of his value is taking away defenders from the rest of the field. Um, especially tonight when KD says he doesn't feel much of a difference, that that's maybe more of a, an offensive decision-making issue than just the way the game works. You know, LaVisca should be drawing two defenders. You need to keep two defenders on him. Uh, that's that's the way the game works. You know, I, I wonder if, if Jay Johnson is thinking, you know, we can't get him the ball every single play or he's going to get banged up or something like that. But you don't have to keep doing it consistently. It's early on when they think that they can guard him with one guy you have to show them that they can't. You can't, because that is your best matchup. And so you have to go at that best matchup until they neutralize it, and then you move to the other stuff. Um, one of my biggest complaints is that they haven't used those one-on-one matchups enough. You should be going at that every single time you have it, and odds are, pretty quickly, you're not going to have it anymore. That's when you get into that double coverage. <sighs> another just a little frustrating thing. And he's drawing the pass interferences too. But yeah, down by the goal line, there was one play where um, where he was kind of in the slot and Katie Nixon was outside him. They, they had like the tight ends lined up to the right side of the formation. They had the, those two receivers out to the left. And it's just the perfect situation to have, to have like Katie run the slant and from the outside going in past LaVisca, and LaVisca runs the fade out to the corner, gives LaVisca more space horizontally to work. It throws in, like, your little pick play action. One of those two guys should be open. Like, your read is KD. Is KD open? Then get him the ball. If not, you lob it up to LaVisca, let him make a play. You either have an an open receiver or you have a jump ball to LaVisca. Both guys in single coverage. No help from anybody inside. Like, the linebackers were pinched too far in to do anything. And, you know, I turned to Brian and I said, like, that's got to be what they're doing here. And I don't like when they didn't do it. I didn't feel like I was wrong. I felt like they were wrong, if that makes sense. Like, that's not one of the times where I'm like trying to Tony Romo. And after the play, it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm an idiot, you know, because I called it wrong and I like called my shot. You know, it's like a bad look. But. I didn't feel that way at all because that's just a bad decision on their part. Like, that is the one thing that you should do. Like, is it predictable? Actually, no, because they don't do it when they should do it. Um, But it should be predictable. You should make them keep a linebacker out there so that they can't... Yeah, you know, that's a... It's frustrating. I think 
There's that. They had the chance to throw LaVisca earlier, again, with him lined up a little bit inside, so he had room to work out. He had that horizontal space. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's good to see LaVisca out there. He really did contribute. But you have to keep getting him the ball when he has those matchups. Like, you will never find a better matchup on this offense than LaVisca in one-on-one coverage. That's just the truth. And you have to take it until they don't give it to you, till they do double in, because that's what opens up everybody else. Hearing KD say it didn't feel different, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Okay, um, what else we have in here? Uh, those are two likes and five likes. Is that our new bar? Oh, most of these... Oh, here's one. Two likes. Uh, Ernie Krauth. It's time for CU to stop pretending that Montez is a good quarterback. Dude is regressed every year, and while I know there isn't anyone better behind him, he is a fraud. Um, and then we argued. Not much arguing. That's pretty great. Um, we don't want to argue. Can we all just be, like, sad or angry? You can be angry together. Just don't be angry at each other. Um, yeah, but Ernie says Montez is pretending to be, a, or we're pretending he's a good quarterback. You know, I... I obviously disagree. I've been really high on Steven the last couple of weeks. I think he's played well. Did not play well tonight. Uh, what's the stat line? 19 of 34, 131 yards, uh, four interceptions. Only got sacked once. Um, not much you like there. Anything I like there? No. No. Long of 24. Again, pretty concerning for this offense. An offense that should be a big play offense. Yeah, no, that's just bad. Um, um, he he did not play well enough for this team to win, and I think he knows that. And he has games like this. I don't think that he's a fraud or a bad quarterback. He's just inconsistent. Um, and that's been the case for a while. I think that he has consistently cut down on these bad games and increased the good games. So again, we're halfway through the season. It's bad samples. It's small si- sample size. If he has two more bad games the rest of the way, then all of a sudden you're like, eh, this is another season for Steven. Just kind of like the last couple. Uh, if if he keeps it to one, maybe none, then again we're saying, okay, he had one, maybe two real bad games. There are a couple others where you're like, eh, not, not loving what I see. But he's, he's still looking at being a quarterback that some team is going to fall in love with during the postseason pre-draft process and he's not bad he's just a little inconsistent um and i'm sure it's as frustrating to him as it is everybody else also very true that he is by far the best option um most talented quarterback colorado's had in quite a while um okay let's keep it moving we have Oh, that's that same one. Oh, Luke Leanweaver. Ooh, no way I got that right. Um, Yeah, Luke Leanweaver. We're going with it. Says, Buffs fans with unlofty, with unlofty expectations and expecting bunnies to pull or to be pulled out of a hat. Chill out. Yeah. Um, Colorado was not the better football team. No, and I'm not saying like they didn't play better. Like they just don't have the talent. I think there was another comment. Hopefully we'll run across it. That uh was something like you can't can't beat big and fast with small and slow. And you know that's kind of right. That's that's kind of what happened tonight. Is just that the athletes that Oregon has recruited are better than the athletes that Colorado has recruited. And there are ways around that, and you can have guys step up. And there are a lot of people like Tony Brown who are working above their expectations. But again, you're asking a lot. You're asking, and and, and I don't even know what to call it, an unrealistic number of guys to step up to beat a team like Oregon. And you're asking Oregon to have a couple mistakes in there, too. And I think Oregon did have those mistakes. You know, they were dropping passes. They they let Colorado move the ball. Nobody's moved the ball on Oregon this season. You know, they haven't given up 10 points this season. Uh, this is a really, really, really good defense. 
And it's also a quarterback who is going to be a top three pick in the NFL. He's going to be a top five pick. I can guarantee that. He's probably going to be a top three pick because that's just how it works. But, you know, it's frustrating to watch, but it kind of makes sense on both sides. Nobody has been able to move the ball on Oregon. Nobody has really been able to score on Oregon. Is this... Now that I think of it, now they're 5-1. and one. They lost that first game. They did lose that first game and gave up something like 17 points or 24 points or something like that. But this is five in a row. They've held a team under 10 points, which is really, really impressive. Um, it's, a, it's a great defense. It's a great defense. It's a great quarterback. It's a great offensive line. Uh, definitely some mistakes that from Colorado that made them look even better, but... Okay, that was a yawn. I'm sorry. Uh, it's getting late. I was going to get myself some coffee, but I don't even know where to get coffee around here. Also, I could probably go back and just cut that out, but I want to see if I can do this whole thing in one take because it just feels more real. Um, yeah, but that's it's they're, they're just so much more talented than Colorado is. You would have liked to see the Buffs keep it close, but in the end, I guess a loss is a loss. Uh, Ray Ritter says still beat the fuskers like it very true uh sean hennebry hennebry no we're going hennebry sean hennebry says can't wait to see a healthy dallas walton this year yes uh colorado's basketball team in case you hadn't heard very good uh we uh, we will be big supporters of them here and hopefully you guys will too football season isn't over though guys there's still plenty more to be excited about and enjoy Oh, there's Go Buffs with the smaller and slower doesn't beat bigger and faster. Yep. There we go. Uh, William Stepanski. We are a joke. Should have never left the Big 12, 1857 in the Pac-12 since joining. This is embarrassing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't think that they'd be beating Big 12 teams either. I think they just need to get better. Um... Luke Mullen. Wow, Harris. Just wow. Yeah, Jalen Harris uh, threw a punch. I don't think it landed, but he got kicked out for it. But before before he left, uh, stop Mel with his arm around him, um, talking to him, not yelling, just talking to him. And Mel said after the game that Jalen actually came up to him in the locker room after afterward and said, "You know, sorry, coach, I can't do that. I I made a mistake." And you know, Mel said that's what we're looking for. You know, I don't want him to yell at him. I I don't it started with I don't want him to lie to himself which I really like um and and you do that by saying by not yelling at him making him defensive but having him work through what happened as rationally as possible you know obviously tensions are high if you're throwing a punch you don't need to get those uh don't need to get those emotions up even higher that just makes it tougher to come back the quicker you can get him to come back to an even keeled level the the less likely it is that his thoughts on what happened will be skewed by those emotions if that makes sense it's good to hear i mean again dumb play and after mel said that that that's what he's looking for he went on a little rant about how he hates those unnecessary penalties um it's not like he's saying, "Oh, it's okay, it happens," um, but I, 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 yelling at the kid isn't going to do anything. Is the point? At least n- nothing positive. It will do something. Um, I like that theory from Mel. Uh, spooky number one Colorado fan Lucas pumpkin emoji, uh, ghost emoji, probably the best name in here. Um, said honestly, thin cut fries are terrible. They have nothing on waffle fries. It was time for a break. I think that this is a great time for a break. Um, I don't know about thin cut fries being fries being terrible. Like I definitely agree, they have nothing on waffle fries. Waffle fries are very good fries, um, particularly the Chick Fil A waffle fries. Just so so good. Um, better than thin cut fries. Thin cut fries. If if your options that are like they're trying to give you a salad or what else do they try to give you? They try to give you oh like sometimes a little bowl of fruit. Or, uh, 
I don't even know. I just always get the fries. And I guess that's my point is that the fries are always going to be better than this other stuff. Um, waffle fries, better. Thin cut fries, not terrible though. Okay, back to football. Um, mile high takes. This defense is a bigger issue than Montez. Yeah, I think that that's a, a good take for sure. Uh, I don't think that... Uh, tonight, everything was a problem. Everything was equally a problem. Uh, you could put take any player on the field and say that is the... Uh, that's the issue here. Um, bigger picture going forward, I'm much more worried about the defense than I am Montez. Um, oh, this one has a like. Taylor Henry says, This game tonight was eerily similar to the end of McIntyre. Just poor play calling, no chance whatsoever. Shows how far CU still has to go to consistently compete. As much as we praised Mel for adjustments early, not great as of late. Eerily similar to the end of McIntyre. You know, I watch the games, obviously, because it's my job to know what's going on when I get here. But, uh... I, d- I didn't like experience it if that makes sense like not just not going to the games but also you know I wasn't reading the tweets every day I wasn't uh, scrolling through all buffs I wasn't uh, what else do I do I don't know just reading the things that come up like being involved in the community kind of feeling what it's like um, so I don't really know what the whole vibe was like I just saw that they were bad at football um, so I can't speak to that but Poor play calling. Yeah, you saw that last year. You 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 saw that plenty tonight. I I don't I don't really think that you can argue against it being a bad play calling day. Like I bet if you asked Jay and Tyson, they would say like, yeah, no, this this didn't go well. I, I should have tried something differently. They don't really second guess though. I I think that they would say like, you know, we did what we thought would work. It didn't work. And when things don't work, then obviously you should have done something differently. Um, because they hate that kind of question, but, uh, you know, that's, they did not, I don't think put their team in great situations. I mean, every, everything went wrong. Nobody had a good day today. That's how you get to a 42 point loss. Like it, it takes everybody screwing everything they can up. Even LaVisca push that guy, you know? Okay. Uh, there's did I have more I want to respond for? Shows how far CU still has to or still has to go to consistently compete. That's what I'm writing about tonight. Um and I'm like halfway through that. I got half done up at the stadium before the press conference during that fourth quarter so that I wouldn't have to watch the football that was going on. Um but yeah, that's the point of what I'm writing tonight. And it's it's that CU just doesn't have it yet. And that was obvious. You know, this is a game that they're going to lose no matter what. You know, it doesn't matter if the talent is twice what it is now. Like, Alabama comes out and plays like Colorado did, then Oregon's winning that game because Oregon's good enough to do that. Alabama plays like that against an average Pac-12 team, then, yeah, Alabama's going to win because they just have the talent. It's still going to work out. Uh, so, so there is that issue that everybody is making mistakes. Nobody's head seemed in the game after they lost it. Started a little slow. Okay. There's another yawn. Um, might mean it's time to wrap this up, but there's still a lot I want to say. Um, but, yeah, for this Colorado team, you can't make those mistakes. But also, if you did have the talent, that's that's an, it's, it's a two-part problem. There's probably more parts, to be honest. But you gotta you gotta get the talent in here before you're going to start beating teams like Oregon. That's just how it works. Um, the adjustments. Uh, you say as of late, I wasn't quite as low on his adjustments last week. Like we've talked about, you know, I think things went pretty well in that first half, at least defensively. Um, obviously, some things went the wrong way, but there wasn't too much that you felt like you had to change. And that's why they didn't. And things kind of started to spiral right after halftime. Tonight, yeah, the the defense obviously didn't perform well. It didn't look like much changed. But at the same time, that team was not in that game. You, You know, like when you're down by as much as they were down, it's really hard to 
keep your mind in the game. Like it's a three-score game at halftime after that emotional blow, that 14-point swing right before the half. Like, again, not that that's an excuse. Like they need to figure out how to keep their heads in the game and keep playing. And anybody in that locker room would tell you that. But they didn't. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it didn't matter if you adjusted. That game was over. Still probably could have done something. I don't know. Uh, Nicholas B. Wazoo is a season-defining game. Still have the staff and the team. Let's see if we can get it done. Yeah, uh, I, I think that that is that the swing game and making a bowl game at this point. Uh, because if you beat Washington State, then you're probably beating Stanford and UCLA, and there's your six wins. Um, so yeah, I think that that's probably if if you're looking at the three easiest games still to come, that's the toughest of those three. You know, they could still beat Washington, Utah, USC, but that's not the easiest path. The easiest path is uh Washington State, Stanford. UCLA and Washington State, well, I think, is going to be the toughest of, of those three games. Like it is season-defining. Um, yeah. Also love the staff and team. You know, as I don't know. I don't know the coaches as well as I know the players. I think that the coaches really do know football. I think it's going to take some time to implement the scheme. Uh, the, there's some complaints because they were quality control coaches before they were coordinators when you're talking about Tyson Summers and Jay Johnson. I get that that can be frustrating. It seems like a jump. But having spoken with both of them, they, they seem like they they know their stuff. Like, it's not like they're, they don't know football. It just does take a little bit of time to make that transition. And it's something that you have to learn in and grow in. You know, they might not have, like, that magic to them that Mel Tucker seems to where... I don't know. It's almost like I just like zone out when I hear him talk. Not in like a not paying attention way, but in like a whoa, this guy like like it's almost a little bit trippy. And those guys don't have that, but they do seem to be like good football minds. You know, they're I, I do I do think that there's a bit of a learning curve still for them. It's not just that you know the guys don't understand the scheme, the players are not doing their jobs. Like there's some of that for sure. And I think that that's most of the problem, but there is also the part that these two are learning on the job, which can take some time. But I still do, as Nicholas B said, like love the staff. Like yeah, I think I think that they can figure this out. Um, love the team for sure. I, I, uh, I, I don't even know what to say about it. Like. I've spent a lot of time now, obviously, like 15 minutes of one-on-ones with football players three days a week, you know? So that's 45 minutes a week where I'm spending just chatting with these guys. Oh, and then after games too. And then you see them at press conference, all this kind of stuff. You know, see them on Twitter, on Instagram. So you do feel like you get to know them and definitely do get to know them. Like I talk to these guys a lot and have for the last few months and I really do appreciate them. Um, they're good guys. They're easy to cheer for. You know, before the game, if you guys didn't check out my Twitter, like Aaron Maddox is just like dancing. He's obviously super excited. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like this fun moment. You know, Aaron's a guy who I really respect, a guy who, you know, we've chatted, we joked around. Um, and it's been tough on him, obviously, with the leg injury. And we'd heard that there was a good chance he was going to be able to play. But I, I had just been taking some videos of like Katie and LaVisca during warm-ups. I was tweeting those. And again, they're fun too. Like Katie loves the camera. He loves like coming up rapping on the camera. It's a blast. He just put my videos on his Instagram story, which is why I put them on Instagram because I know he wants to put those out there. It's like his thing. You know, it's it's it, he's he's fun too. So is LaVisca. So are all of these guys. But you know, I'm putting that stuff up on Twitter and Aaron's running around the field it turns out and I just like look up and like I like look at him and I'm like oh yeah Aaron and then I'm like oh oh shit Ah, I said shit well I'm not cutting it out Uh, I was like oh shit like there's Aaron uh in pads look at him and I like look up and there's like this moment where I look and then like a second later I realize and so I like have this like big smile and Aaron sees it and he just starts like dancing and puts up the stuff and I put the video on Twitter like He's super excited. He comes up. He's like talking to me, you know, and 
like they're good guys and having spent this time with them like i i really do appreciate them i think that they've been obviously good to me they're fun they're they're smart they're bright it's it's definitely sad for me that's that's a tough part for me in the losses is it's not like i'm just tied to the buffs to boulder like i really want to see them win because I, I i honestly like i i do want the buffs to win just because you're like close because it's a better story all that kind of stuff but more than that it's it's the individuals on the team like i want to see aaron do well i want to see katie and lavisca and you know Dion smith is a guy who i've spent some time with i'm like yeah you're you're like a pretty cool guy you know and and that's where a loss like this is tough on me is just to see these guys after the game and feeling the way that they're feeling you hate to see it but you love to see them when they're happy you know that's uh, I can't remember where we started this but oh yeah when Nicholas B said still of the staff still of the team like yeah me too I, I, I think that the staff is capable I think the players maybe aren't the most talented football players but definitely not going to have any trouble um, being happy to see them succeed you know I'm not like I, I don't know bit of a spiral um let's find a couple more what do we what's the time here i'm at 50 minutes okay i can uh oh michael harrison remember that time we got beat in otson in 2012 when oregon hung 70 on us uh, no i don't by the way uh i was what i was 15 and did not care about bus football in the slightest uh he said this is definitely disappointing but this is not the end of the world Coaching changes come with headaches. Oregon is a good football team. We'll be back. Sidebar, I-25 sucks. Yes, I-25 does suck. Uh, definitely agree with that take. Uh, don't remember that football game. Uh, definitely disappointing. Not the end of the world. Totally. <sighs> totally. You know, as much as this hurts and makes you feel like, oh, this team can't compete, you know, this isn't a good football team, a loss counts as a loss. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's a loss to Arizona that's close or a loss to Oregon that's a blowout. They all just count the same. Um, actually, that's less true in college football than other places, but it's not like the rankings are really going to affect this team, you know. But uh point is, they lost a football game. Don't let this become a reason for you to say, like, oh, they don't have a high ceiling. Like, they, they can't beat these other teams because we've seen what they can do. You know, we saw what they did to Arizona State on the road, and Arizona State's a pretty good football team. Uh, we, we've seen what they did to Nebraska, and as much as we brag on Nebraska, say, like, like they shouldn't have been a top 25 team. That shouldn't have been a top 25 win. But it, it definitely it definitely counts as a win against a pretty good football team. You know, that's that's it's a pretty average Big 12 team. Big, oh, it's too late for me to think conferences. Um... Big Ten. It's definitely Big Ten. Damn it. Um, ah, I swore again. Okay, this might be about time to cut this off. Uh, but yeah, you know they they beat they beat a couple good football teams. You know, and they can keep doing that. This doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're bad, because we've already seen that they're not bad. They're just an above average football team, or maybe a slightly below average Power Five football team. A very average Pac-12 team. Maybe above average Pac-12 team. I don't know where they stack up, but they they can hang with almost anybody. Anybody outside of the top ten in the country, Colorado can hang with them. They they can probably beat anybody outside of the top twenty. It might take a really good day and a couple mistakes on the other side, but again, a loss doesn't change your ceiling. It changes your floor. Now we know that the floor is a little bit lower. I think that that's got to be the takeaway here. If, I wonder if you guys are actually listening or if everybody just like has to turn this one off when we're talking about all these painful things. I don't know. I, I would not blame you. Um, let's see. Silver buff. Summers needs to drop the zone when he doesn't have the players. Oh, so he numbered these. He has three takes. That's the first one. I haven't read any of these. Uh, that's the first one. And I agree. And that was going to be my question for Mel. I was all I was all geared up. I was going to say, you know, uh, when, when uh, 
you go out there because he had been talking about the individual mistakes. That's what it was. And I was going to say, you know, we talked about those individual mistakes. A lot of them seem to come on the defensive end where guys are not covering their zone. You know, you run a lot of zone and it's it's very complex defense. When you see guys struggling on the field with that, do you do you consider switching to a man defense or spending more time in man? Um, but uh, what happened was uh, we were told one more question and then somebody else asked that question. So I did, <laughs> didn't get to get an answer. I, I will ask that at some point, though, because that is one of the things that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. In case you guys are new here, decided that you want to hear more about the buffs on the day that they did what they did. Um, okay, number two. Jay needs to figure out the red zone and clock management. Sure, yeah. I, I definitely think that that's true. Uh, I don't even think I have anything to add. Uh, three, why play Montez Visca? Let Blake get reps for next year. Let Visca rest for next week. Yeah, I mean, Visca did come out toward the end. Um, this is an old thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. <sighs> We talked about the whole backup quarterback thing. I don't think we need to add much there. Um, is Blake the guy next year? Who knows? I mean, he could be. He definitely could be. If he is, he's probably a stopgap as a sophomore, which is like a weird thing. Sophomore? Junior. I'm not digging into all this detail stuff right now. Um, let Visco rest for next week. Not a bad take. Um, he did come out, though. Um, anything else? <sighs> mm, Max McCloskey, every offensive play is broken. Uh, and that's one tweet. The other one is, this team is making me sick. I was trying to build toward like a, a high note to end on, but I can't really find one. Uh, Matthew Hastings, roll Tad, question mark, as in Tad Boyle, the men's basketball coach, as you all hopefully know. I don't know. I've heard that the, the support for the basketball team isn't what it should be. Um We'll work on that. Uh, Cole Cook, can we please get? Uh, can we please talk about how unprofessional these refs have been throughout the game? Yeah, there were there were some frustrating calls. I mean, honestly, with Lavisca, it should either be a catch, or it should be a pass interference on every play. Like like that's, that, I mean, okay, that wasn't true, but you know what I mean. Um. Yeah. Uh. Bleed black and gold says fans are a joke. Hot takes being tossed all over the place. Here's the facts. We have a great coach who's changing this program. We ran into a buzzsaw and had a bunch of mistakes. Couple bounces and it's a different game. Not a win, just closer. We are okay. Yeah, I, I think that that's a lot of it. CBDNVR says about the same thing. Uh, let's not lose our minds. Oregon is a good team, but it's time for CU to move on to a better quarterback. Oh, there's a twist. I don't read these before. Um, only saw one really good deep pass thrown, and he threw way too many throwaways out of bounds, even with time. Of Offensive coordinator's fault or not checking down quick enough. It'll get better. Um, I mean, the, the thing is, like... If, if you could move on from Steven Montez to a better quarterback, you do it in a heartbeat. You do that with any quarterback if you have a better option. Um, it's tough to find one better than Steven. I'm gonna, I, I want to pause a bit to let that sink in because it's kind of true. I mean, when's the last time the Buffs actually had a better quarterback than Steven Montez? It's been a while. There aren't too many in the entire country. It's just that he he's so he's he's inconsistent and if he wasn't inconsistent then he would rank up higher among the elite um i I love brendan lewis i think that he can do a lot of things when he gets to colorado next year he'll be a freshman i think that when he becomes a senior he's going to be a probably a very good quarterback one of the best in the pac-12 minimum Again, he's going to have a tough bar to live up to with Steven Montez, and that's tough to see right now because of everything, but I don't know. If if they could find a better quarterback, they'd do it. <sighs> okay. Um, ooh, guy on a buffalo says, F clowns. Um, Canadian bacon is just bad ham. Two separate tweets, by the way. Uh, like both of those. Uh, watch the Joker, though. Great movie. I'm Joker is pretty cool. Um, I watch Joker movies all the time. Canadian bacon, just bad ham. I don't eat much Canadian bacon. 
Um, Cole Cook, honestly, seeing the team lose the motivation tonight after three picks reminds me of the McIntyre days. I'm trying to find a really good one to end on. Um, I'm still not sure what a catch really is. Our offensive play calling is grade school at best. I could do without Brock Heward. Okay. Um, that was Chris from Inglewood. Larry Seedman, not just one person, plenty of blame to share. Still have a good punter and kicker. Oh, you must have tweeted that before Stefano missed. How about Stefano missing for the first time this season? It's too bad. He, He's such a, again, he's such a great guy. You want to see him succeed. It's going to be tough for him to break in at the next level just because he will be already on the back end of his career. Luckily, kicker career is a little bit longer. He had one of the best streaks going. It was something like there were like 10 or 5 or 20 or 15. There was a there was a small number of kickers who had made as many kicks as he had and hadn't missed this season. Uh, put one off the post. From where I was, it looked like it went off the post and in, but obviously it did not because it didn't count. Um, let's see. I think that... Oh, Ted says, uh, can't have that many penalties and turnovers against a good team and expect to win. Buffs aren't good enough to overcome that. Oh, he threw a little yet in there in parentheses. I like that. Um, Michael Preeb, Pribe, Preeby. If I say your name wrong, let me know, and I'll probably say it wrong, wrong next time anyway, but I'll do better. I'll try to do better. Uh, why the F do the Buffs continue to play a zone scheme with young and experienced players obviously don't understand the scheme? Fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's pretty much everything. Uh, oh, we just got a buzzer beater. Uh, right now, 14 seconds ago, Mitch Heron, I just read this whole thread, and as upset as I am, we have four years till Tucker's guys are seniors. Crucify him then. We should be 3-3 three and three anyway, and we beat the two we weren't supposed to. Chill out. Huh, okay, I feel like that's a fitting end, and that was the very last comment. Oh, perfect. And I'm not even making this up. I'll, I'll screenshot it. Here we are. 1 a.m. exactly 17 seconds ago. He's. I guess it's more than that. Just stopped updating. I feel like that's a good place to end it. Um, yeah. The, this, this team isn't finished yet. That's what we learned. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. What are we at? Oh, we just hit an hour on here. I still got to add the, add the times. This is not what I was supposed to do. I got to be on a train at 8 a.m. tomorrow, and I still got to write half that story. It'll be up either late tonight, early tomorrow. We'll figure it out. Um, Yeah. If you guys have any other thoughts, we'll do a more structured podcast talking about all of this on Monday, of course. Feel free to throw them in the comments, as always. I'll I'll read them. Um, and if they're good, I'll talk about them for a long time. I really hope that you guys are not struggling with this loss hopefully you guys can move on it's it's painful for sure but it happens and hopefully it doesn't happen all that much going forward um luckily i just got a full hour to vent which was pretty nice um a lucky guy uh i'll be back in boulder on monday i'll talk to you guys after uh hopefully i'll see some of you sunday at the tailgate, the DNVR, Sons of Mile High tailgate, lot N. Um, it's, on, it's like south of the Broncos stadium. I'll be out there pretty early, I think. I, th- it, I think the tailgate starts like four and a half hours before kickoff. So be out there. Free beer, free food. Come hang out for a couple hours. Talk Broncos, talk buffs, and talk about whatever. Um, does anything else fun happen today? So many cool things. Maybe I'll do more of a trip recap later um, Monday. Okay, this is spiraling. I should just turn it off. Leave your comments. Subscribe to the DDMVR. Uh, leave leave a review on iTunes. Send a tweet that says that you like the show. Do what you can to help us out, and we'll really appreciate it. And if there's anything I can do to help you out, definitely willing to hear about it. Can't just promise a yes, though obviously, but I'll can promise it, I'll try and I'll feel bad if I can't. Okay. Uh, buffs lost. It sucks. It's not the end of the world. Things will get better. Mel Tucker is still awesome. And there are a lot of people worth cheering for on this team. Those are your takeaways. And I'm going to hit the end button right now and I'll talk to you guys Monday. I think they like my Colorado sway. when I'm in it play. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus.
house with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag yeah. is pushing 180. Speed and pad and See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey, hey, you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. Yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the last. In the middle of the ring, throwing blows, knocking down team after team. They like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado. Swing. Have you ever seen a ram? Nothing bow to Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams come and follow. When I start, hit the field. The opposing crowd swallow. Cause they know I'm about to kill. He gon' feel that tomorrow. Whole team full of warriors. Got me feeling tribal. Big 12, here we come. We ain't worried about arrival. If you want it, come and get it. We'll wait for your arrival. When you hit this frozen field, man, it's all about survival. Why you make it, why you make it? Yeah, you better bring your Bible.